I'm excited um, for what God is wanting me to share today. And I believe that God is moving our church from membership to partnership. Like this season, the things that God is going to do in your life are going to be unprecedented, but especially as you allow yourself and allow the Spirit to make you a partner of the church, not just a member. Do you know the perfect timing for being a partner with God? It is literally the same day you get saved. Philippians chapter 1 says a powerful verse. It says, Paul's talking to some of his disciples, and he says, you have been my partner in sharing the good news since the very first day you heard it. We think we got to go on this long season and memorize the first five books of the Bible and understand all the theology of the cross. No, all you need to do is raise your hand and say, I'm following Jesus, and immediately you can move from membership to partnership. And there is a calling on this church to reach this city in unprecedented ways. There's a reason why we've been around for 35 years. And the reason why God has been able to do so many powerful things, obviously our pastors have been surrendered and submitted to what the Spirit of God is saying. But over that 35 years, we've had so many partners. Honestly, if we only had members and no partners, this church wouldn't be what it is today. We're grateful for some of the partners and the people that have come along the way, and I believe the greatest move of God is where people move from members to partners. So for example, I, I want to give you an opportunity right now. We don't normally do this, but I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to look around the room and see if you can find an empty seat. See if you can find a seat where somebody could scoot over and, and there'd be another place for someone. I don't want you to just think that's Julian's job and Philip and Holly's job and the communications team, and if we just get our Instagram just right, more people will come. Do you know if that you took personal responsibility to fill one empty seat with one person, our church would double in 12 months? One person a year, you're saying, you're looking around and saying, I am going to fill an empty seat in this church with my love, with my invitation, with my investment in a person who doesn't know the Lord, our church would double in one year. And it is not about how big the church is. It's how big the hearts of the people are that care about other people going to heaven. Christianity is not just about you going to heaven. It's about how many people you take with you. Look around and take ownership of it. Move in this moment from a member to a partner. I want you to repeat after me. Say, I take responsibility for reaching people with the love of Jesus. And every empty seat in this room is my responsibility. I am moving from membership to partnership. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on now. That, that should be a shout of praise because there's some things that are going to happen for you that... Let me tell you, when I became a member, God was moving. When I became a partner, the things that God did in my life are unprecedented. This is for you as well. When you move from membership to partnership, there's a special blessing reserved for God's partners. Come on, anybody use Google in this last season? Can you imagine if you was a partner in Google? Come on, yeah, woo is right. That tithe, woo is right. What are y'all, man, Get become a partner, man? We'll be building buildings, man. We'll buy up everything. Everybody's going to be good. So become a partner today. Thank you so much. You can now be seated.
You can now be seated. Oh, I'm going to put this up here. Hey, I, I'm, I'm really excited to share what God has put on my heart. I've been really thinking for myself, like, how can I, how can we help prepare people to be partners? Because a lot of times there can be this thing of fear where you just got saved or you've been walking with the Lord a long time, but you ever heard our faith is between us and God? Not real faith. Real faith is between us and the world and God. No, we need, to, we need to be able to communicate. The Bible says make sure you can give a reason for the hope that you have. It says be prepared to give a reason. So you need to be ready. Somebody says, so why do you go to church? Let me tell you why I go to church. You can't be up there like, uh, shoot, I never really thought about why I go to church. I guess my parents always came. No, you got to be ready to give a reason. That's what being a partner is about. So I'm going to share a passage of scripture that will get us all on the journey, get us all in alignment with being partners in what God is doing in this city and at your job and, and everywhere you go. Second Corinthians verse 2, 14 through 7 say this, but thanks be to God. You're already a partner if you're thankful. You're already a partner if you're thankful. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the Old Testament, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You got to be at the gate of the church thankful. I know you got so many things you want God to do in your life in this next season, but you got to be thankful for what he did. You remember where you were 10 years ago. You remember where you were 10 months ago. Is anybody thankful? See, we don't charge a cover charge to come in church. We don't. We don't have bouncers outside keeping people out unless they pay. But if we did have a cover charge, you know what it would be? It would be thanksgiving. It would you be bringing in thanks to God. The Bible says thanks is what gets you in the gate. Come in the gate with thanksgiving, something you're thankful for. You're prepared for what God is bringing to you when you're thankful for what he's already done. Are there any thankful people at the 11 a.m.? I'm just so grateful. Yeah, I'm believing for my future. I got some deals on the table that are going to change my life financially. But right now, I am thankful for what God has already done. You want to forgive? Be thankful for that person that keeps the faith. Be thankful for your wife. Be thankful for your husband. Be thankful for that cousin that owes you $2,000. Be thankful. Hard to be thankful for that, but you know, just be thankful for, for people in your, your life. It says, thanks be to God who leads us as captives in Christ's victory parade. I love the word captives. To me, it means I, I, I can't even, I couldn't get away from Jesus if I want to. I'm held captive by love. I'm held captive by hope. Peace holds me captive. That's why when the enemy tries to tell me I'm not good enough, I got peace about what God told me. I'm held captive by Jesus. It says we're held captive in Christ's victory parade. And I was talking to Philip and, and Holly before, and they were telling me all this great theology about a victory parade. They, got, they know the Bible so much. I, I was like, wow. They, they literally, this victory parade, when the Romans would come and they would conquer the land, they would have a victory parade. And they would have behind them all the cattle, all the wealth. And sometimes they would drag behind them the dead enemies. So it was all the wealth that they took. And the general would lead out. And the soldiers would lead behind. And behind that, all the wealth would be behind them. All the enemies that they killed would be behind them. Sometimes it'd get grotesque, but it was like, look at all the wealth 
that we captured. Christ is literally leading a victory parade, but there's not gold, there's not silver, there is you. You represent the wealth. You represent who he captured from the enemy. And guess what? Now you get to be in the parade. See, in the, in the Rome emperor's parade or the general's parade, they had fought the battle. So they had a different, they were soldiers. You didn't do anything and you get to be in the parade just waving at people. Look what Christ has done. See, that's why you can't point the finger. If you're pointing the finger at this person who needs to be better and this person hurt me, see, some of y'all got, no, 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 you need five fingers. Look what Christ has done for me. I'm in the victory parade. I don't have time to point at you and say how much you've offended me and hurt me. I'm too busy with all five fingers up in the victory parade. And see, somebody's not praising because you're in a funeral procession. You ever been to a victory parade? It wasn't that golf clap that you just did. When the Raptors won the championship, they were like, ah, they were just so excited. It was a victory parade, not a funeral procession. See, somebody thinks their dream is dead, so you can't even stir your heart to praise God. No, it is a victory parade. You know what Christianity is in one, in two words, three words, one, two, three, yep. Christianity is a canceled funeral. See, they thought Jesus was dead, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit canceled the funeral. I'm pronouncing over you today, your funeral is canceled. I don't care what the doctor said, you will live and not die. I don't care what the enemy's telling you about your dream, your dream will live and not die. Christianity is a canceled funeral. I feel the Spirit of God canceling the funeral. Somebody was wearing black in the spirit when you came into church, but God has sent me to tell you the funeral is canceled. Somebody give God. A, a praise. Cancel the funeral. Christianity is Jesus was dead. Now he's alive. Christianity is I was dead. Now I'm alive. Christianity is I thought it was dead. The enemy put my dream on life support. But guess what? One breath from the Holy Spirit, just shoo, that dream just comes right back to life. There's resurrection power in Jesus. This is a... Victory parade, victory parade. That's why church can't be quiet. It's a victory parade. You shouldn't just come in here just sipping your latte and just waltzing all in here. You're in a victory parade. You should be pulling out of the parking lot, walking in that crosswalk with all them nasty pigeons out there. You just, all them nasty pigeons out there. I tripped over a pigeon last week. How am I tripping over birds? I don't even get it. But all these nasty pigeons out there, just out there carrying on, being all nasty. And you just trip over the pigeon and you walk across that crosswalk like I'm in a victory parade. My finances don't say victory, but I'm in a victory parade. I'm coming at the 11 a.m. service. Julian doesn't have to stir my faith and start yelling. I'll come in the presence of God praising him for everything that he's done. I'm in a victory parade. Will you take off the black in the spirit? Will you start celebrating everything that God has done? They got to walk behind Jesus as, the, as his wealth. Everything that he conquered, he took, and, and the enemy just, the, the, the enemy was defeated and you were taken from the enemy. And now you get to be in the victory parading. And get this, 
Next sentence, it says, God uses us to spread his knowledge everywhere. Anybody feel like they're in a season where they're going nowhere? You're in a job that's going nowhere? You feel like it's going nowhere? You got a dream that's going nowhere? You know why God does that sometimes? He makes us put, he puts us in a situation that feels like nowhere so we can spread Jesus everywhere. See, with Jesus, in one moment, nowhere becomes somewhere. You want me to prove it to you in Genesis chapter 1? The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, and then the Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters because the earth was dark and void and without form. Maybe your life feels like that, but the Spirit of God is hovering over the surface of your life, and the Bible says, let there be light, and nobody had to go to Lamps Plus or turn a light on. The Holy Spirit illuminated the whole earth off of a word from God, and all of a sudden, somewhere became everywhere. Nowhere became somewhere. And all of a sudden, something became nothing because God showed up. So God will put you in a place that feels like nowhere so you can understand that Jesus is everywhere. And everywhere Jesus is, it's impossible to be nowhere. It's impossible. Nothing is always something with Jesus. It says he, we, we spread his knowledge everywhere like a sweet-smelling perfume. Woo, this ain't the cheap stuff. This is not preferred stock. You can't get this at Target. This ain't Stetson. This bottle of perfume and cologne doesn't have a lasso on it. You can't get this stuff just anywhere. Macy's is out of stock. You gotta be in the presence of God to get this kind of, this ain't the cheap stuff. This is the stuff where you go to Europe and it got the little bubble on the end that you gotta squeeze. Like it's just incredible. Incredible. And some of the best fragrance those type of real high end, there's a squeezing that gets the fragrance out. So I know you're in a season that feels like it's, I, I was going to rhyme, season that feels like it's squeezing classic preacher stuff. <laughs> but you're in a season where you feel like, you don't you feel the squeeze? Hadn't this last year? Sometimes God squeezes you in the crushing, in the pressing. What were we singing? That's what gets the fragrance out to the rest of the world. It says we're a sweet smell of Christ. If you can smell like Christ, that means you can smell like something else. And so many of us are looking for the words to tell somebody about Jesus. We're looking for the words to tell, but we aren't checking our smell. It says we can smell like Jesus. We have an aroma. We can spend so much time with God, we can have an aroma with God. See, we want people to come to God and repent, and I believe the world is getting ready to repent. There's, we're going to be in the greatest move of God, but you know what? It's not going to happen by themselves because we keep pointing the fingers at them. It's going to keep happening as we walk in the victory parade and increase our aroma. If I had a barbecue grill, cooking carne asada. And I had went to the Vallarta and put it on this barbecue grill. The entire room would smell like carne asada. Am I right? And then now you weren't hungry before. But because of the smell, you would hunger for something you wasn't hungry for. You would all of a sudden, 
I'm in the mood for carne asada. This is what happens when we spend time in the presence of God and we smell like Jesus. Somebody just says, what's that smell? I feel like I'm in the mood to get saved today. I'm in the mood. I need a savior. I don't even know. I wasn't hungry for God before, but you smell like kindness and faith and hope and peace. And I'm hungry for God. Can you imagine what happens if a whole church made people hungry with their fragrance? Made people hungry with their fragrance. This is why the enemy tries to put something on you that ain't Jesus. So that you tell, but you can't smell. And you know the Bible says that the enemy has blinded the minds of unbelievers? It says they're blind. So guess what happens? I went to this restaurant before, never been back because it was expensive and I didn't pay for it, so... 15, 20 years ago, I was at, in the Cayman Islands and I had this dine-in-the-dark experience. It was super weird, but it was kind of fun. And the, the room was pitch black, and they'd leave you in, in pitch black for 45 minutes. You couldn't see anything. The waitresses had, um, you know, blindfolds, I mean, infra infrared goggles on, and the waitresses would have that on, and then they would serve the food, and your, the, the taste and the smell increased because I was blind. See, the enemy has blinded unbelievers, but we can use it to our advantage because they'll be more sensitive to smell. They're more sensitive to smell. So they can tell if you smell like something that isn't Jesus. See, see some of us, we, we smell like this. Every single day, we smell like fear. We smell like this, we wake up in the morning, we stress over the very career that God gave us. We're in it and we're fearful about it. We used to be fearful when we didn't have it, now we're in it and we're fearful we're gonna lose it. Right, we used to be fearful when we're broke, now we're fearful about what, what to do with the money. Lord, am I giving everything I should be giving? We're just fear, 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 and every single day we wake up, we spray on fear. You know, I read an article this week that said dogs can smell fear. They can smell fear. First of all, if you're a dog person that carries your dog to the mall in a purse, you people fascinate me. <laughs> As a matter of fact, for all the dog people, next time you let your dog off the leash to come smell my foot, I'm getting on all fours and smelling your foot so you can see how it feels. Just letting your dog off the leash to sniff me. But not everybody's a dog person, I get it. But it says that dogs can smell fear. Smell fear. If a dog can smell fear, I wonder if the enemy can. What if the enemy can pick up your worst fear? His job sometimes is to make your worst fear come to pass. So every single day, you wake up and you have a fear of rejection, a fear that God isn't pleased with you, a fear that you're gonna fail, a fear. You spray it on and it becomes your fragrance. Fear was never meant to be a fragrance. Don't you ever spray that on in you. You say, my God is faithful. He will deliver me. Don't spray that stuff on in the morning. Or some of us do this. Woo. Look at that one. Shame and guilt. This is this stuff. We, we spray this on. Now that you're a Christian, you wonder if you're a good Christian. You wonder if you're a good wife. You wonder if you're a good husband. You wonder if you're a good parent. You just don't feel like you're doing it. Shame and guilt, people get up and spray this on every single day. Just, just a couple sprays, and next thing you know, you, you, you smell like fear and shame and guilt. And the enemy can pick that up. 
a mile away. The hounds of hell will be able to sniff you out, can smell you coming. And I want to encourage you, every day you wake up in the morning and you spend time with Jesus, don't go out into the world, into your job, smelling like fear or doubt and shame. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. And sometimes the enemy tells you you're not good enough, and sometimes he's lying to you. Sometimes it's the truth. Enemy tells me all the time, you're not good enough, you're right, but he's gonna do it anyway. I'm not spraying that shame and guilt on me. It's not about me being good enough. It's about that he's good enough. And if he's in me, greater is he is in who's in me than who's in the world. And I don't need to be good enough. I got Jesus. So I'm not putting all this pressure and walk out of the house with shame and guilt. Oh, this is another one. Ooh, this is the cheap stuff too. You can get this anywhere. This is like $4.99 a bottle. And not $499, $4.99. It's so easy to be offended. It's so easy. Oh my God, I thought when I came to church, I was going to be offense-free. Like, this is one of the most offended. You can't send an email. You can't post an Instagram. Well, what'd you mean by that? Just like, what you mean? Pastor Julian, what you mean by that? Just all on your... Just, you just spraying it everywhere. This is not even on your neck. You're supposed to be, you spray per perfume on your neck. Some of y'all just rubbing it, just rubbing it in all on the back of your knee, just hurt all the time. Right? And we spray on hurt and offense. And this is a rough one because this is the one you can justify. It makes sense like you shouldn't be afraid. It makes sense that you shouldn't be ashamed. But the Bible says that you shouldn't live in hurt. We spray this on, and we find other people, too, who smell like this, right? And you, you ain't getting advice. You gossiping, right? I had to, this one took me a long time to get rid of. This one, I had an IV, just like, I just, it's just going all in my veins. So when I sweat, I smell like my feelings have been hurt. What about this one? This one, this is another one. This one's always on sale at Macy's, 50% off. You can get pride anywhere. You start doing good, you start spraying on pride. Come on, y'all, y'all got that new car and you post it on Instagram, that new Mercedes? And don't, don't, don't try to trick me. Don't try to trick me. You post a devotional, reading your Bible with the Mercedes emblem showing on the steering wheel. I'm not, I'm not falling for it. You got pride. I've done it. I've done it. Right? You, your shoes, your new Jordans, and your new is in the shop. Come on, anybody had somebody take a refoto, a, a retake of a photo because your shoe, I know. I ain't got a Mercedes yet, but my shoe collection is fire. I'm telling you right now, I got pride. I think God moves when I get a new pair of shoes. I really do. Don't you feel the anointing? That's because I just got these. You see what I'm saying? And it's pride. I'm telling you, I spray that on all the time. I've gotten off this platform thinking you about to tell me how great my message was and you want prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, 
Now tell me how good it was. <laughs> this one, you carry around. Some, this is somebody's purse right now. This is somebody's back pocket right now. This one is dangerous because it's available all the time. And I'm not saying that you can't praise God for the great things that he gives you. You can't post a picture of your house or your car, man. God moves in people's life and he's blessing people financially. And I think it's cool to let the world know. I'm not saying that you can't do that. I'm just saying the heart behind it sometimes is this. It's not that you want to let everybody know that God's done, you know what I mean? So if you got something new and you posted it, I'm not talking to you. And you posted it because you're so grateful, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking about the show off, right? And sometimes God doesn't show up because we're too busy showing off. Does that make sense? And the scripture says that this is the one that we are supposed to have. We are supposed to smell like Jesus. And this fragrance can only happen in the presence of God. You can't get it on Amazon. It's not coming on Prime in two days. It comes in a moment where you sit with God and you be with God until you are saturated in who Jesus is. And I know you've heard one apple a day will keep the, the doctor away. One spray a day won't keep the devil away. You gotta be saturated in this stuff. You gotta be bathed in the presence of God. So much so that people can smell and they'll get hungry for God because of what you did in the presence. This is called the manifest presence of God, where you're with God and you're not just doing a devotional, but God is showing up and you're asking God questions like, search my heart to see if there's anything in me that offends you. I want to get rid of every sin. God, make me holy right here in your presence. We don't use grace as a means to not want to be holy. Grace is for what you want to do and can't do. Grace is not want for what you don't want to do so you don't do. It's for what you want to do, but you can't. I want to be forgiving, but I can't. I need your grace so that I can learn to forgive. Not so that I can walk away from forgiveness, but I'm telling you, so many times the formula for what you're walking into is what you're walking away from. I gotta walk away from some sins. I gotta check my heart. That thing, that's why I'm saying it publicly. I checked my heart about the pride of preaching. I check my heart if, am I making this about me? And I continually to give myself a heart check so that I can smell like Jesus. Every time you spend time in the presence of God, there should be an exchange where your fear turns into love and faith, where your anxiety turns into peace. And so when you walk out of the presence of God, you give off a fragrance. You, you smell like Jesus. This is so powerful. Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach went through so much. They walked through the fire, and the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. See, when you smell like, you can smell like Jesus in the middle of a fire, a trial, in the middle of a divorce. You can still smell like Jesus. So they didn't smell like what they've been through. Some of us, we smell like what we've been through. Can people tell you're, in, you're offended? Can people tell you're bitter? Can people tell somebody rejected you? We should never smell like what we've been through. We should smell like, we should smell like who's in us. See, in the burn, in order for incense to give off the smell, you gotta burn it. 
So we need to be like incense where even fire brings out the smell of Jesus. Even a fiery trial brings out the fragrance. In Ezekiel 44, 17, verse 19, the Bible talks about these priests. And back then, God would select these priests. And only one person, one high priest, one time a year could go in the presence of God and do what I'm about to explain. But now the Bible says you and I are a royal priesthood. Right? Some of us have some amazing gifts, but God's bringing you into a season where you understand that you are a royal priesthood. So now we get to do what the people were doing in the verse I'm about to explain. It, it says in Ezekiel 44, verses 17 through 19, I want you to catch this. It's the priests, when they enter the gateway to the inner courtyard, they must only wear linen clothing. They must wear no wool while on duty in the inner courtyard or the temple itself. They must wear linen turbans and linen undergarments. They must not wear anything that would cause them to perspire. God is controlling the odor of the priest. Think about that. And then God was doing this in the Middle East. So he put people in a situation that promoted sweat and then asked them not to. It's not like he put the temple in Canada or the North Pole and said, don't sweat, cool. No, he put them in the hottest region in the world practically and said, don't do what this region promotes. Don't do what this situation suggests that you should do. Don't do what this pain suggests that you should do. Don't do what this rejection suggests. Be in this situation, but no sweat. Some of y'all are sweating in the presence of God. And you don't smell like Jesus because you're not going in his presence to get rid of the thing that smells like fear, doubt, or shame. And then don't some of us come to church and we don't spend any time with God and we just like try to jump into somebody else's stuff, right? <laughs> we don't do it for ourselves. You just, you just try to jump in my, oh, I need some of that. I need some of that. I need some of what Pastor Julian works. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So you got to be in the presence of God and, and you got to be, he was controlling the odor. Your job is to shift the atmosphere so God can shift hearts. You are a chief atmosphere. You're a CAO. You're a chief atmosphere officer. So you're so busy wanting to be a CEO and God's saying, when you become a CAO, I'll make you a CEO because I'm going to make you a CEO to shift the atmosphere. Somebody's going to start a production company that's going to make you a lot of money, but it's not meant to make you a lot of money. It's meant to shift the atmosphere of everybody on set. So if you want to do that in his presence, he's saying, I got to teach you not to sweat. I got to teach you not to do that. And then get, the, get this. When they return to the outer courtyard where the people are, so this fragrance of Jesus can't always happen. Sometimes when we have powerful things like Legacy Night or worship services, but primarily it happens when you're alone with God. I mean, corporate worship is awesome. This is, man, this is so helpful, but don't skip being alone because some of the most powerful sprays and fragrances you can get are when you are alone with God. So I want you to catch this. They're picking up the fragrance of God when they're alone, and then they're going out to the people. And it says, when you return 
to the people. This is what religion is. We spend so much time with God, we don't return to the people that don't know him. That's why our mission is to reach people. In, in, in order for you to do this right, there's got to be a return. I've been thinking lately, I've been so happy to get out of San Bernardino and God's been speaking to me about a return. I didn't just bring you out of San Bernardino in the hood. There's going to be a return. You got to go back and you got to smell so that it creates hunger. It says when they return to the courtyard where the people are, they must take off the clothes they wear while ministering to me. So they're in the presence of God and this is happening to them. And it says, when they went out outside, they had to take off the clothes. Why? You must leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so they do not endanger anyone by transmitting holiness to them through their clothing. Whoo! You could have an anointing on you so strong, you can't find the words. You give somebody a hug and they get a touch from heaven. Because since Jesus came, we're allowed to transmit what we got in the presence. Somebody this week high-fived somebody, and they got healed. You, it's not just about the words you say. It's the atmosphere and the presence you bring. If God's most valuable thing is his presence, what if our most valuable thing is our presence? What if we're sending an aroma of faith at our job, an aroma of healing, an aroma of peace, an aroma of hope? What if that's all we got to do? It says they could transmit what God gave them through their clothes. See, if we're going to see the miracles and the signs and the wonders that we're believing for, the Holy Spirit cannot just be in you. He has to be on you. Always got to be on you. Saturated. He's got to be on you. It says they were making, they could make people holy. And holiness is a big Bible word that means set apart. It means like with, uh, with no unclean thing. It means completely holy. And, and here's the thing, that's a scary word because you're like, Pastor Julian, how do I become holy? In the presence of God. Think about when Moses had to take his shoes off. He was in the wilderness. He was with sheep. That ground would have been filthy with sheep excrement. And Moses showed up and, and God showed up and told Moses, take off your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. Moses didn't have to grab a broom because holiness is not about who cleaned up. It's about who showed up. So you don't have to clean up your life. You just be in the presence of God and you say, make me holy. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from unrighteousness. Just like you're taking a bath or a shower in the presence of God. You're saying, God, make me holy. In your presence, not through my actions, in your presence. It says that this would happen. And they couldn't touch people because Jesus had not yet come. But now we can touch people and we can reach people. And that, that seat that you prayed for to fill is going to come from your, your fragrance. Your, your fragrance. I, I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit has to be in you and on you. The Holy Spirit is in you so that you can do well. But the Holy Spirit is on you so that people can tell. That's what the point is. Holy Spirit is in you 
to help you escape those sins that, that make you spray on the shame and the guilt. The Holy Spirit is in you to help you bring the past some of those dreams that God has given you. The Holy Spirit is in you to help you do well, but the Holy Spirit needs to be on you so people can tell. And when people can tell by how you smell, they'll be hungry for what you smell like. So maybe that's you. I want you to stand to your feet. Maybe that's you and you say, Pastor Julian, I've come in here and I need the Spirit to fill me and I want the Spirit to come upon me. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit came upon the people. But in the Gospels, it says that they were so close to Jesus that he breathed on them. And God's been speaking to me that if you're not close enough for him to breathe, you're not mature enough for him to fall. You got to be in proximity with God so that his breath and his presence becomes a sweet aroma in your life. And then you're ready for the spirit of God to fall upon you so you can begin to help people. The Bible says Jesus had this moment in Luke chapter 3 where the spirit of God came upon him. He was born with the spirit in him, but the spirit of God came upon him. And that's when he began three years of the most dynamic ministry. Not when the spirit was in him, when the spirit was on him. He walked up into a temple and said, the sovereign Lord has anointed me. What does that mean? Poured out on me an ability. The sovereign Lord has anointed me to preach the good news. He began something when he not had something, not just in him, but on them. And some people have the spirit in them, but fear on them. The spirit in them, but shame on them. The spirit in them. If you got shame on you, you got to get shame off you. Spirit in them, but hopelessness on them. Spirit in them, but discouragement on them. And I don't want you to smell like that. And God doesn't want you to smell like that. Not one more day of your life. The funeral is canceled. It's canceled. I want you to lift your hands to the heavens. We're going to cancel the funeral with some worship right now. But right now, somebody is in a funeral procession in some area of their life. And God wants you to be in his victory parade. So I'm going to give you a minute or so for you to cancel your funeral about that thing. And when you do, as soon as the funeral is canceled, I want you to join the victory parade and begin to praise. Now, everybody's going to do this at a different time, but we're going to wait on everybody. So you're going to cancel that funeral for your job, your career, your finances. You're going to cancel the funeral. As soon as you do, I want you to join the victory parade and begin to praise God until everybody else joins in. Come on, if you feel the funeral getting canceled, you can just begin to praise God. Don't don't praise God when other people do. Praise God when you can feel in your spirit the funeral is canceled. And then just begin to lift praises up for God. I'll give you as much time as you need. Come on, not a golf clap either. I'm talking about a shout when you feel the funeral being canceled. Come on, keep praising until everybody else catches up and has their moment. Come on, keep praising until everybody else catches up and have their moment. Come on, I feel a victory parade happening in God's house right now. The funeral is canceled. You hear that? You hear that? That's the sound of a victory parade. That's the sound. 